Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. On behalf of General Tire, where any letter is...
All right. Good morning. I'm Rowdy Maglite. I'd like to welcome you to a special Saturday morning edition live from the PRI show here at Indianapolis Convention Center. And it's been, if you've never been to the convention center, it is, uh, the PRI show is pretty much the hot rod show, racing show of the, to me, of the, this side of the, of the world. It's, uh, over 1,200 vendors of, uh, all sorts of, from, uh, quarter midgets to drag cars. And, uh, they're displayed all through the, through the convention center and, if you're looking to spend some money, there's guys here that's willing to take it, uh, all the way from five-star bodies uh, to Hoosier tires. And uh, it's really, really a great, great uh, thing that the uh, racing industry offers and gives everybody a chance to get together and see what's new for next year, for the 2019 season. And uh, also the Rowdy Maglite crew is fortunate enough to uh, be able to attend the uh, ARCA Bankage banquet series tonight at uh i believe it's at six o'clock and uh really looking forward to that it's it's the first time to tell everybody's first time you get to see everybody that you're around all week all season 20 races schedule the arca racing series presented by menards and nobody's wearing a hat everybody's dressed in uh tucks and uh, gowns and it's an uh, incredible night so with that being said, and the public's invited. I think it was uh, $100 per person, and uh, the food was really good last year. So don't say, well, you know, it's some of that banquet food. No, it was actually uh, pretty good food, and it's a great show. Really, really great show. I think it's about an hour and a half, close to two hours of entertainment. It's after you hang out with these folks for over a period of time of a season, you get to be pretty close, and it's great to spend some easy time instead of, you know, at the track, everybody's got a job to do, and it's a little hard to uh, be able to get out and communicate and see everybody. I got Jeff and uh, the Chi-Town Duels up with uh, Dr. Jason going over a little health seminar with him right this minute. We've got some guests going to be calling in, and uh, we're just trying to wing this on the hope and the prayer, and so far we're uh, we're working on it, so. I'm going to jump into this next little song. We're going to have some callers calling in. We should have around an hour show and looking forward to it. Hang on. we got more to come.
right. Talladega. Looking forward to Talladega with the new uh, updates that they got on the tunnel where you can actually go. We'll be able to drive through the tunnel and pass 18 wheelers going out, so it's going to be a really great improvement. And that should build a characteristic in turn coming into turn three as it does at every other track. Usually there's some kind of little bump. But moving back to the uh, RPI show, the PRI show, I should say, trade show, uh, I've already seen several, several people we know and met a lot of great people. And like I said, it's a great place to uh, come and figure out what you need and buy. Special for your, your team for next year. Uh, you know, heard several uh, different languages yesterday. So uh, it looks like it's an international racing show as well as here in the States. <clears throat> As we get ready for the 2019 ARCA Racing Series, uh, we talked to Adam Mackey a few minutes yesterday, and Track Enterprises is having seven races this coming year with the uh, series of the 2019 series, and we're looking forward to working with Adam Mackey and Bob Sargent next year, uh, especially the two uh, dirt races that I I'm pretty sure that we'll be at uh, Springfield. will be the first one in August, and then the second uh, race will be at the Coin. And uh, if you've never been to an ARCA race on dirt, you're really missing it. So uh, We're kind of waiting on some guests to call in. Uh, we got some lined up. Uh, we got a co- few little conferences going on. So just hang on there. we got more guests to come. He was on the third bushwhacker at the floor of Lounge. A northern boy just soaking in the virtues of the south. Driven down from Boston, he left five feet of snow. Takes after those white sugar strands to the Gulf of Mexico. Waved his hands in the air as his voice rose through the roof. Spreading the message of his undisputed truth. Like an old time revival, his old spirits gave him wings. He said, This is the promised land, it's one the heart of Dixie me. If you get that special feeling, if you've been moved by power grooves coming out of Muscle Show, if you ever scream War Eagle, we got our rolls down tight. You've been paradise. It is just a way of life that y'all have down here. Smoky days, dream land ribs washed down.
It's Monday night and it's time to get rowdy. Catch up on this week in ARCA and NASCAR with news and comments. Plus, you never know who will stop by for a visit. Right here on the Rowdy Maglite Show. Here's your weekly radio duo, Rowdy and Mark. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome you back to the Rowdy Maglite Show. We're still waiting on Jeff and Mark, but we got uh, Rudy Stalock calling in here in just a few minutes, and we're going to be talking to Rudy about what he's got going on for the 2018 or 19 series and talk a little bit about the 2018 series. We met Rudy and some of his uh, friends back at Daytona that actually got this great uh, season kicked off here the 2018 that we're finishing up and we're looking forward to uh, talking to Rudy and see what all he's got going on for next year and uh, talk a little bit of racing that happens overseas and uh, get us caught up. So uh, we still got Jeff and Mark's is still with Dr. Jason at his seminar and uh, we'll be looking forward for for, uh, them to come in also. So we're just kind of making this happen here today live and uh, hopefully uh, this will all work. All right, our first guest today. today is going to be Rudy Stalock. Uh, welcome to the Rowdy Maglot Show, Rudy. Yeah, thanks, Rowdy. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Rudy, it's a it's a pretty amazing place here, the PRI show, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great show. We we don't do it every year, but um, this year was uh, especially important for us because we're working on some new projects. And uh, as you know, we met in Daytona earlier this year, and uh, we are all we're based in Europe, but we're all into American racing and American cars. So it's the place to be. Well, Rudy, we talked about it a few minutes ago. Uh, actually, you know, with us, like you said, it's all started in Daytona and uh, at the media center. We met Mark and Mark, and then followed up. Y'all, y'all actually had a car down at Daytona. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. One of my drivers, especially it's the the car owner also for our European NASCAR Wheel and Euro Series, uh, Jerry DeWert. He was driving his first uh, Super Speedway uh, race. In Daytona, he was driving the Arca series there, um, and he finished 11 in his first uh, Daytona race. So, for us, it was a, a great, a great event and a, a great team. We worked with Patriot Motorsport and uh, Jesse Uji, so it was for us a great experience. Well, uh, Rudy, kind of what uh, have you got going lined up? Your plans for next year for the 2019 season? Well, we uh, of course we have our NASCAR Wheel and Euro Series pro- uh, program, where I'm the crew chief. Uh, we have three cars running there. Um, we're just finalizing some drivers uh, yet, but uh, some of the guys are already signed up for this year. We've got uh, a great young guy on board, uh, English driver uh, Alex Sedgwick. 
He's uh, been with us now half of last season, and he's a swell guy, 19 years old. And he's uh, we're trying to set up with him also a program to come over and drive an, an ARCA race. So, but um, you know, it's 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 all about uh, getting a, a license to drive on uh, the bigger ovals and stuff. And in case we don't have those big ovals in in Europe, so um, we're in the process of of uh, making this happen. Well, uh, you know, I follow Mark, one of the marks, and uh, well, actually both of them, and and the uh, photos of y'all's tracks are uh, a little bit different from ours here. Can you kind of tell us the difference between the the two tracks are similar, or the two right, different races. Yeah, in the in the wheel and euro series, we do um, mostly uh, road courses because, well, uh, in Europe there are not so many ovals, and um, we do next uh, season in 2019. We do the seven uh, weekends, and uh, on those seven weekends, unfortunately, we only have one oval. It's a short track in Holland. It's a very banked uh, place, and it's 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 awesome to drive on, you know, and um, it, it gets a lot of a lot of attention and a lot of people over there. So that that's great. It's great racing there. Well, Rudy, you're a crew chief on on the team. What kind of got you involved in auto automobile sports? Ah, like many like many people, uh, it was like we say in in Europe. It's my grandfather and my father's fault. They both were race drivers, and as a small kid, you know, you grew up in the in the workshop, and they dragged you to the racetrack, which wasn't unpleasant, you know. And you start working on the cars, cleaning the rims, uh, hauling in uh, fuel, all that stuff, and and gradually you you grow up with everything. And I've been through the whole ranks, uh, wrenching on the car. Uh, Cleaning the car, testing the car, driving the hauler, uh, and and you know and ended up driving myself, and then yeah there was no more time to drive yourself and and then you go you go organize everything and so uh, that that's in a in a nutshell what happened, and now we are well, running uh, the three three cars in the the wheel and euro series and one car in the national Belgian national GT and touring car championship. And time to time we do a short track uh, program also. So, Well, Rudy, you know, I, I like the way you start, man. I think everybody that, that drives a race car should actually have to sweep the shop one or two times and turn some wrenches so they could really understand where the guys that, that hustle, you know, you never have, or you never will see a driver jump out, change the tires, put gas in the car, and go back. So it's a it's a team effort, isn't it, really? Yeah, and and also it's a family effort for for my in in my case, you know. Uh, still now, when we're doing the the Euro series, my right hand man is my dad. He just turned uh, seventy five uh, a month ago, and when I should say, "Hey, dad, you can't come to the track anymore," oh, he will really be upset. Because it's it's, yeah. it's it's livelihood, you know. It keeps him right. young. <laughs> well, you know, really, that and that's the case here in, in the states. It's uh, when you get out at like the ARCA racing series. It's uh, it's a lot of families are involved, and uh, actually, really, I've got my two grandkids quarter midgets uh, this year to start in March, and we're not chasing the championship dream. What we're chasing is good 
collating family fun and togetherness. Yeah, no, that's that's that, that's what I like about coming here. Also, you know, your folks are are so um, so friendly, so open, and and everything is. It's you got strict rules, which is very good. I find very good, but on the other hand, everything's so open. Everything is so focused on family. You know, not only in uh, in the garage area, but also um, uh, to the fans and stuff like that. And in Europe, you don't see that so much. It's something which is happening uh, in our series and uh, in the NASCAR Wheel and Euro series, but um, in the other series, the GT series and stuff like that, it's more a big business uh, kind of thing. And yeah, they sometimes forget the, the fans, which is a shame. And this is something I see in the States, you know, it's more fan orientated and, and drivers and, and uh, teams and stuff like that. They, they take care of their fan base. Well, you know, like in the ARCA series, and you've seen it, I'm sure you've seen it before, uh, the guys will loan you the shirt off their back to get you in the field. But, boy, when the flag waves, it's, it's, a, it's a battle to the end. And then you oh, just yeah. go and take everybody's stuff back, and it's back to the great family again. Yeah, that, that's what's so nice, you know. Uh, racing is hard, you know. And, and we're, we're only there for one thing, to finish first. Otherwise, you don't have to come to the track, you know. But... That is everybody helps everybody afterwards and and before the race and it, it's one one big family and from time to time okay you you get an uh, you get into on the racetrack but <laughs> who doesn't and and but afterwards all is is forgotten and and you you, you drink a nice cold beer and and uh, you have some laughs and everything's okay again so that's that's what's great about uh, about ARCA racing about NASCAR about stock car racing in 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 the whole you know that's that's what we love about it. Well, Rudy, kind of explain what y'all's racing season is compared to our racing season, what the difference is. Well, the difference for us is, uh, first of all, we don't have as much uh, race weekends as you guys have over here. And uh, the thing is, you know, we uh, we do six uh, six rounds. This year we have an extra round, so we're gonna in 2019 we're gonna have seven rounds. Each round uh, contains four uh, races. We do smaller races, so like uh, sprint uh, type stuff. So we don't do pit stops. Uh, we don't do refueling, no tire change. Uh, we've got a limited amount of tires. We only have uh, four new tires. And uh, we need to use four used tires from previous events. So we have to do all the weekend on, on those eight tires. We run 50-mile uh, uh, races. So on Thursday afternoon and Friday, we have uh, free practice and qualifying runs. And then on uh, Saturday morning, we have uh, final qualifying. Uh, pole qualifying and then uh, in the afternoon we have uh, a race for elite one and afterwards a race for elite two and what means elite one and elite two is we've got two drivers on one car and they each run two races in a weekend and the elite one guys are the the pros or the the more experienced drivers and in elite two you got the rookies the young guys who come who coming in the sport or the gentleman drivers, you know, the the older drivers who 
are um, not not professionally in the sport, uh, and that's that's kind of what we do. And and it's uh, six weekends now on a road course, small road courses, and then uh, one weekend uh, we do uh, an oval track uh, that's in in Holland, and it's kind like um, you you can compare it a bit to the New Smyrna track in in Florida. You know, it's a it's a short track oval and and it's a it's a hell of close racing and and, and oh, it's fun. <laughs> Rudy, you're live with uh, Mark. You're you're live with Rudy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, hi, Rudy. Thanks so much. Welcome for taking a little time from the show to be with us, and uh, we're so glad to see you. And we're looking forward to meeting you after the show. Yeah, no, you're welcome, and uh, it's it, uh, it's a pleasure for me to uh, to be invited by you guys. So uh, I love it. it it's great. Well, we've tried to get our other buddies, Mark and Mark, to be on the show, but the time difference between your home country and here just doesn't allow that to happen. So we're glad to have you on today. Ah, uh, no, I'm, I'm glad to be here. You know, everything for the sport, and it's it's always uh, always nice to meet people uh, from time to time. The only thing we we have contact with you guys is, is through the internet and stuff like that because you know we're we're ten thousand miles away from each other, but uh, <laughs> it's it's nice it's nice to meet up with uh, with you guys uh, here at the show and uh, maybe we can meet up in in Daytona again because in uh, February we'll be at the at Daytona and we're trying we'll be- to to get to get a driver in in the Arca series. It's it's not a done deal, far from, but we're trying so. Well, no, we're, we will be in Daytona. We're looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, uh, you, the editor is nice, and, and it keeps us keep in contact, but it's just so nice to be able to see you in person and, and you know, shake your hand and talk face-to-face. And uh, okay. I'm glad you won't make it over to the show. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having and me. And I'm going to turn you over to Jeff Rudy, and, and we'll talk with you soon. Okay, that will be great. All right. Thanks, Rudy. Ruth, Jeff, take her away. Hey, okay. Rudy, how you doing? Uh, thanks for uh, taking time and being on the show with us, and uh, glad to get to meet you while you're here in uh, in the States. Um, I got a question. You guys do a lot of road racing. Um, yes. Why do you guys have more road racing and not so many ovals? Well, that's, that's kind of a... <laughs> A uh, shame to say, but it's a cultural thing, you know. Um, we have some oval tracks, but it, it, it's kind of like the, the saying goes, uh, what you don't know, you don't like. And um, people in, in, in Europe are not so familiar with uh, the oval tracks and, and that kind of racing. And it's a shame because they think, ah, oh, yeah, you go left and left and you go round and round. Well, what's the, the thing on that? But it's, it's so complicated uh, of a sport. And we we brought uh, in the years we were coming to the states we brought in uh, friends and and people and we explained them and then they experience it live and and when we have those oval races in in Europe we we take them also to the track and we try to explain them we let them listen in on what I'm saying to the driver and what the spotter is saying to the driver and then they fully understand how it works and they say oh man this is much more difficult than than uh, than we thought, you know, this is not uh, something you get in and okay, it's it's done. But as I say, it's it's a thing, you know. That we got to educate them. I think that that that's the thing. Uh, we need more oval tracks and we need more oval racing in in Europe, so we can track the, the fan base and and that's what we need to do. 
Now, when you were running on the ovals, you said you're running like the size of a new Smyrna. Um, yeah. Why is it that small, or you just don't have the bigger tracks right now, or what is the, the logic yeah, the, behind that or the philosophy? There were bigger tracks, you know, in like in England and Germany, but unfortunately they closed down because on those tracks they had uh, like Champ Car in the days were on those tracks. But the thing is, uh, we are sanctioned by NASCAR officially in Europe also, and if you go on a bigger track you need to have a track with a safer barrier. And there's no track in Europe who has a safer barrier. So we're not allowed to run on uh, on those bigger tracks, which is a shame. Now, what about your road courses? Do you have any safer barriers on the road courses at all? No, no. Uh, road courses, you can compare them to, like, say, uh, Watkins Glen or something like that. So we got gravel traps and, and uh, we got asphalt patches kid paths, but for the rest, no, safer barriers. We've got concrete walls and we got uh, arm goes and stuff like that, but no, no safer barriers. Now, you say you're sanctioned by the NASCAR over over there, too. Now, do you, are your cars the same? Are they comparable? Or are they different? How, how much different or comparable are your cars from here over to the, over your, over there? Yeah, well, our car is like uh, especially built for our series. It's a single chassis, uh, single engine, single gearbox uh, chassis uh, series. We run uh, front flips uh, of a uh, Mustang or a Corvette or a Toyota Camry, but in all, the engine is a small block Chevy. Um, it's a G Force uh, four-speed uh, gearbox in it and uh, a nine inch Ford rear end and th that's their symmetrical chassis and you can compare them to a uh, a late model you know uh, a late model which uh, which we run it's and we only have uh, 405 horsepower max so and everything is sealed so we can't work on our own engine except to valve settings and stuff like that so the, the carburetor is sealed, the MSD is sealed, the, the bottom, the oil pan is sealed. So uh, the gearbox is completely sealed. So they want to make it a spec, one spec series that everybody is equal on the material they, uh, they use. In the end, if we have trouble and we need to replace parts at the racetrack, there are uh, several uh, semis of the organization and um, they have all the spare parts. So we have to buy our spare parts with them on track. So that's it's kind of a limitation, you know. Yeah. And now that you now you told me the specs of the cars, I kind of see why they're running the smaller oval tracks because I don't think it would be feasible to run a size of a new Smyrna with the horsepower that they do over in the United States. Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> unfortunately, uh, but as I say, my driver and the the, the car owner Jerry, he uh, was a swell guy. You know, he he comes out of uh, uh, vintage uh, American car racing. We we started out with a, a Shelby a Mustang 350 GT doing uh, endurance racing, and so we we went to GT racing with a, a Viper GT3, but. Then we went back to something like uh, like the NASCAR because it's it's more his style of racing. 
And when he came to Daytona earlier this year, and in the end of last year, he did uh, some uh, K&N series uh, races to get uh, eligible for uh, for driving Daytona. Uh, he was swept off his feet, you know. He, he immediately fell in love with the cars and, and the horsepower, and that's something we unfortunately lack in the in, in Europe. So. Now, your road courses, what are the average lengths of your road courses? Are they, you know, like over like in Road America in Wisconsin, it's pretty big compared to Watkins Glen and stuff like that. What, what are the sizes of your road courses like? Well, the, the, the sizes we run on are between, um, let's say, uh, one and three. Uh, one and uh, three quarter miles up till uh, till two and a half mile uh, road courses. Now, in your cars, what are your engine packages like? We 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 run a small block uh, Chevy, and uh, it's it's something which uh, is is well, it's it's a good engine, you know. We we don't have much problem with it, but it doesn't put out that much of a of uh, power and uh, we run a, a Holly carburetor on top and a single carburetor with a four barrel stuff. And you know, it's, it's, uh, but it's for everybody the same, you know, it's, it's a basic, uh, a basic setup. So now you kind of, I don't know how long has NASCAR been involved with your series over there and from what I'm understanding and what I'm kind of getting a picture of, it's more like a, a late model or a super late model series. It, do you see this progressing into, if I am correct, and if I'm not, correct me, that you are more like a late model, super late model series, and with NASCAR being involved, do you see it going to get to the ranks of like, the Xfinity series or a cup series, or are you guys at that kind of level now? No, we're not far from that level. We're far from that level, but we've, we've got interesting teams in, in the sport, you know, and we, we're, as you say, late, late model. And I think we, we're at, uh, at that level because they want also a, a series, which is uh, affordable to bring. They, they want the, the pressure. How, how you say it? The, coming into the series should be low it, it shouldn't be a, a high high-end uh, very expensive series it's it's very you know you have to count on a weekend uh, in in our race with our cars uh, say 15 fifteen thousand uh, dollar up till twenty thousand dollar it depends on, on on what it costs so to run those two races and and get uh, all the say uh, three hours of practicing that's about what it costs and uh, we have, have teams in the sport now excuse me like uh, an Italian team which is run by uh, uh, Alex Gaffey who used to be an ex-Formula 1 driver uh, he's got his own team from time to time he drives uh, one of his cars so it's it's the, the people in the sport are uh, we, we've got Alan Day who is the champion um he's just uh, done a race here in the states one of my drivers my first driver is uh, mark Goosens, the goose 
he uh, used to run here in the States. He's uh, one of the test drivers for uh, Riley Technology. He made the, the Viper program happen here in the States. He was there, the test driver. So driver-wise, we have, we have good people, but they, they want to keep it affordable for everybody, and they want to bring in a lot of young people in. It, it's like a, a kind of a feeder series, and they, the, the good ones, they, they want to take them to the States here and, and get them here in NASCAR. And um, I think that is the best thing to do, you know. Like we, we've got uh, my friend Joe Balash from NASCAR. He comes over and, and he's our, uh, our watchdog. He keeps us on, uh, in line and stuff like that. Swell guy. Uh, awesome, awesome man. You know, he helps everybody out. And he says also he helps the series evolve in, in everything, getting it on online and stuff like that and the quality is every year the quality gets higher and higher and higher and maybe we get a better chassis in the future and maybe we will get a bit more engine power in it but we're never going to be uh like the xfinity series because it, it will be too expensive and we don't have the tracks uh in the series to to get that uh deal done so unfortunately now you were talking about chassis a little bit uh now do you guys build your stuff or get your do you have manufacturers over there or do you have to kind of get your resources from this in the states here no we we are not allowed to do anything on the chassis we get our chassis from the organization so that is the, the organizer in Europe. That's uh, Jerome Galpin. He's a French guy. Uh, he's working on the on the road for oh, for many years before they get uh, the uh, NASCAR sanctioning. So he, he did a great job, you know, uh, developing the series and stuff like that. And he started off uh, with a Canadian manufacturer, and they make our chassis. And we have to buy everything uh, directly from them. So, and we got a, a fair bit of scrutineering every weekend on the, the chassis pickup points and, and uh, all those things. So we, we, we are not allowed to change anything on that. As I said before, like on the mechanical part, the drivetrains and all that, everything, the shocks, everything, we can adjust the shocks, but we cannot open them. We, Every time when something has to be uh, overhauled or, or done, we have to give it back to them, and they will do it. So they, they want to keep everybody on the same level plane. Now, that, that was a question I was going to ask you, and I don't know if you kind of maybe answered a little bit. Now, like you said, even at the tracks, if you needed parts, you have to have haulers there, and you have to go get the stuff. Now, Specifically, what kind of stuff can you touch on the car or make adjustments on the car? I know, like you said, it was a sealed engine, so you can't really do anything with the engines. You, it's a chassis. You can't do anything with the chassis. You can adjust the shocks, but you can't open the shocks. What specific things or changes can you make for the driver to make him com more competitive, let's say, in a race? Yeah, so the thing we work on a lot is uh... – the putting the car on scales, weigh scales, um, working on the rear end, you know, uh, we were on the, the Watsling, the Bernard, uh, we uh, front alignment, uh, camber caster, uh, all that stuff, 
towing tow out uh, that that kind of things we can the height of the the car so that's that's all the stuff we can work on but you know engine wise we can't do anything so now during the race as a driver what can he what in the car can he is there certain adjustments he can make in the car while he's driving like putting uh, like uh stuff in you know putting a rear no what what no. changes does a does a driver have or none at all the the only thing he has is brake bias that's the only thing he can okay. change okay now getting the manufacturers i heard you say you didn't say Toyota, but you said like Corvette and things. What kind of man? What manufacturer body styles do you guys use, or manufacturers do you use over in your over there? We've got uh, like like in here in the states, the the body is completely the same for uh, for all cars, uh, but the the front bumper, the the front of the car is uh, or you got your uh, Gen Six uh, Mustang. Uh, the latest model uh, Camaro, or you got a, a Toyota Camry front, which uh, which are the three styles they which run also in uh, in Xfinity or in, in in Cup Series. So now, well, what kind of tires or a tire package do you guys run? Till uh, up till this year, we ran uh, on Michelin tires. Uh, 15 inch. We got the same uh, the same basset rims like you guys run here, the the 15 inch, and we run uh, four four of the same uh, measurement tires uh, from Michelin. Now for next season, we are not been able to test those tires. We gonna get tires from uh, General Tire, so they come into the series as a sponsor and as a tire manufacturer so i'm i'm very excited to get to work on those tires and see what it uh what it brings now do you think it might be something comparable to what the arca arca series is running now or you I guys don't so. know yet i i think so because yeah uh, fortunately my uh my drive jerry he drove on on those tires and he was happy with them so uh, i hope we uh we will we will have a, a same similar type of uh, behavior on the tire because for next year they're gonna let us run um, well a fairly amount of more mileage on on the tires before we can uh, we can change them out. So I hope we we will have a, a good product for that. Now, when how does when does your season run from like when to when? And in, in your off seasons, do you guys? come over here and do any testing or, you know, run any races over here? Or is that too expensive to do that? Mm, well, for, for the beginning, our series uh, commences in uh, April in Spain, the Valencia circuit. And then uh, a few weeks later, we go to Italy. Uh, and from Italy, we go to Brands Hatch in the UK, United Kingdom. And then from there on, we go to uh, Czech Republic now, which is a new track. And then we got our oval track in Holland, in Venray. And then uh, we got a summer stop. And then in September, we got the semifinals, which is kind of, um, you know, a, a sort of playoff uh, thing. 
the semifinals, you got double points. And only people who are uh, in for the whole series can score points. Um, and then uh, our home track in Zolder, Belgium, uh, in uh, October hosts the, the final race, which are which is crowned the, the champion. So, but and and in the the off season we do some testing and and between races we do some testing, but um, yeah, we, we try to get some drivers over here and uh, rent out uh, a spot in a, in a in a team to get him in. But it's it's not so easy, as you say, it's expensive and and you know it's uh, we we don't got full time uh, professional drivers, so the guys need to work also. <laughs> Yeah. Now, speaking of money, how much does it cost to run? Uh, it seems like you guys do a lot of traveling. How much does it cost? Uh, let me let me do this. How many people are normally with a team on a, on a given at any time? Yeah. Do you allow to have a lot of full time employees or a certain amount of? Uh, is it like a like in, in the states here? You ha- you usually have some you know, like full time employees, but then you'll have some mm-hmm. people who would come on and help out. How does it work there? Yeah. Is it, is well, it more of a full? No, for us, it's the same. We have two guys uh, who work full-time for the team, for Brax Racing um, and Brax Motors. Um, they, they, do, they work full-time for the team, but they don't only do uh, race cars. Uh, at Brax Motors, uh, Jerry set up this year a new company, uh, they do also road cars and vintage cars, but only special American cars. So they have a, a double duty inside of the company. Uh, I, for example, I'm a, a freelance uh, worker for Brax. I've got my own company um, and uh, as I'm racing, and I work as a crew chief. And, and like here, I'm also partially for myself, for my company, and for the, the race team, we are working here. And then on the racetrack, at the races, we have uh, two mechanics for each car. Um, so we have six mechanics. We have one uh, truck driver. Um, and then we have uh, me as a crew chief, my dad, who's my right-hand man. And um, he's, the, he's responsible for fueling and stuff like that. And then we have one engineer for the three cars, uh, which I'm glad to say is uh, one of one of the talented, most talented people I know. It's Bill Riley of Riley Technology. You know, the guy who set up the, the Viper program here in the state and uh, who did all the, the DB stuff and also did some uh, chassis work uh, in NASCAR. And then uh, we got, uh, for each driver, we got, uh, for each car, we have a spotter and uh, uh, a physio guy, and that's it. Now, do you usually take three, three cars to each race? Is that, how, is that how your team, is that an average for all teams, or is that your, the mm. team that you're with that you guys take three cars, or how does that work? No, we, we take three cars. We have three cars, and there's one other team uh, with three cars. And then there are uh, most teams have uh, two cars, and then there are the smallest teams who just one run one car, and we run about uh, 30, uh, 30 cars in the series. Now, for let's just take a single car team, 
wanted to be competitive, what would it, what would the season cost about? Uh, if if you if you get it normal and and you don't go overboard, uh, let's say uh, make a calculation seven races one hundred forty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's say um, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Two hundred fifty thousand. Well, it's it's expensive, but it's kind of really not expensive for the amount of travel <laughs> you're doing and stuff like that. And the cars yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how does your point system work? You know, like over in the states, they have a, a parse. You know, they have and they then they do a, 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 a they they sorry. In, no, in no the problem. states here, we have where they have a, a ten race, eight eight race playoff. How does uh, your your point system work over there? Now, the the, the thing is, we we've got the, the the normal point system, which gradually gradually goes down, like you. You guys have here till the the last car has one point um, each race, um, and then at the the last two races of the season you get double points. But in those last two races, everybody can score points who's been uh, in the series from the first race. So if you don't run a full season, you're not eligible for points in the last two races. Okay. So and yeah. All right, Rudy. Man, uh, it's been great talking to you. Uh, you tell Mark and Mark, we all said hi. Um, it was getting okay. nice to know you and talk to you. And it's just, it's just so much It's so much interesting about how your racing is compared to our racing. Yeah. It's a, well, you know, as I said before, Joe Balash, he introduced me in Daytona to Chet Nows. And uh, we started talking, <laughs> you know, me as a very small crew chief to the the, the big, one of the biggest crew chiefs there is, and uh, he started asking how the series goes, and I started explaining about the tires. And he said, "Oh man, <laughs> stop! Too much, too much hassle for me." <laughs> so it's 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 a lot of uh, it's it's very different than uh, than what you guys do, but it it's, it makes it fun, you know, and uh, it keeps us uh, keeps us honest. A lot of work, so <laughs> like to do it. Still like to do it after 40 years, so. How, well, I want to ask you one more question. How how many cars do you usually get in your fields of, of races? Well, uh, we've got a, a limit of uh, thirty cars. Okay. So uh, because of the because of the the length of the tracks, so that. Uh... Now you say a limit of thirty, but do you mo- usually get more than thirty? That some have to go home, or. No, no, no. It it. It no. varies a little. We, this year we had sometimes we had uh, 29 or 30 cars in the series uh, in the race, but from time to time, you know, it, it drops down to 26 or, or 25, and then uh, goes up again. It 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 kind of depends, you know. It's uh, so you're not getting like 40 cars and 10 drivers are going home because they couldn't no. make the show. No, no, not not until this point. Um, maybe in the future it's it's going to happen, you know, because it gets yeah. more and more popular series. Because when when we started ourselves uh, five years ago, we uh, we had races where we run twenty cars, and now we're uh, at the the top end of the twenties, you know, uh, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine cars. 
so that's uh gradually we're moving up and uh uh like this year we had uh Bobby Labonte in the series you know he, he ran a full season there which was a great promotion for the series and and he's such a such a nice uh, nice guy so how long has the series been in 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 how long has the series been around over there well it 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 as the NASCAR real and euro series I think we're now in year uh, six, and uh, before that, Jerome uh, worked on the, the organizer, worked on the series for uh, a year or three, I think, to get it um, up and running, and then went, uh, went over to the States here and talked to the NASCAR people, and they evaluated it, and then they gave it a green light to become part of the family of the big NASCAR family. So now with each year going on, do you see, you keep growing as a series, you see one or two or three or four or five or six cars coming into the series or is it a, do oh, you yeah. have a steady, oh, yeah. steady, steady growth every year? Yeah. Yeah. We have a, we have a growth every year because we, we have people coming in for, for say a few races a season and the season afterwards they come in for a whole season because they want to try it first, you know, as I explained before, they don't know it. They, they want to try it. And once you get a taste of it, it's, it's, it's pure racing, you know, uh, yeah. no ABS, no traction control, no, nothing. It's a four speed gearbox. You, you have to double clutch. You, it's, it's a driver's car, you know, and, and yeah. we're, we're, we're lucky also. We're one of the few series in, in Europe which has permanently women in the series, which is in, in some series, it's very difficult to get the, to get the girls into the car. And, and, you know, why, why wouldn't there be uh, the women in the series? So that's, that's also nice. Yes. Now your fan base, do you get, since you do have the women in the cars, are you, do you see a, a half decent women fan base? Yeah, yeah, that's that's and especially we got to say we're working in the the weekends and the organization is is very working on on that point of fact. It's a family thing, you know. If you go to other races in Europe, you see practically an all male audience and and you see okay girls and 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 women who are always attracted to drivers and 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 that kind of thing. But in in our series, it's a family thing. Uh, mom, dad, children, everybody. There's uh, a lot of things going on uh, beside the track, to uh, like shows and animation and stuff like that. So they they, they create a fan base, and and you got uh, autograph sessions and and people coming in. And well, we we have some fans, you know, who travel several several races to come and see us, and then they come into the to the garage and and they. Uh, they have presents and, and stuff like that. And it's great to see, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we got, we got a fan base and that's something I didn't experience in other uh, series we do in Europe. Now, are your fans like, even when I wasn't with the media or something like that, I was able to, or me or Roddy or other people were able to get into the pits. How, how much access do the fans have on instead of being in the grandstands or they have where they can get into the pit area w- with the cars? 
in our series, in, in the, the NASCAR Wheel and Euro series, you have full access. You can come into the, the, the garage area. You can come up to the, the pit box. They, they do uh, pit walks because, you know, here you guys, you, you are back in the, the garage area and then you got pit road. In Europe, it's, it's a bit different. You know, you got the, the garages are on pit road. So uh, several times a day, they open pit road and they let people in to pit road so can they, they can see from the, from the other side uh, the cars and stuff like that. And, and it, it's an open thing, you know. Um, we, we regularly invite people into the, the garage and explain things. And, and, and interacting with the fans is, is one, of the, one of the nicest things you do on a race weekend. All right, Rudy. Like I said, uh, it was great to meet you here. Uh, man, you, had, you, you shedded so much knowledge about your series over there. Is, how can people over in the United States, how can they follow your racing series or some kind of media or how can they oh, follow your series? That, that's, uh, that's simple. You know, you like in the, in the States, you follow every NASCAR race. You go to the, the website of, of NASCAR, for instance, and um, you click on home tracks, and then you got the like your your late model series, uh, the KNN series, and stuff like that. And there you find us, NASCAR Wheel and Euro series. And then there you have the, the driver bios. You you have uh, all the information about the team. And then you can also click on live coverage. You get uh, an announcement, and uh, every race we do uh, as as live streaming. So. No matter where you are in the world, you have a laptop and you have uh, Wi-Fi, you can follow us. Beautiful. Uh, again, Rudy, thanks for taking time for being on the show today. Um, I was glad to meet, My pleasure. Good to meet you while we were here. And I'm going to turn you back over to Rowdy. Okay, thank you. All right, Rudy. Hey, I know this was thrown together in the last minutes, but I absolutely turned out wonderful, and I can't wait to uh, – You'll be able to pick up the uh, archive. No, no problem. It's it's a pleasure uh, that you guys uh, wanted to have me on on your show. It's uh, it's an honor. Thank you. Well, you know the time restraint. I think when we're on, it's what like two o'clock in the morning, and it's kind of crazy for us to meet up on the on a our our regular race night time. But to catch y'all here at the R, the PRI show was absolutely wonderful, man. No, no problem. Thanks. And as I said to you, it's great you guys wanted to have me on the show. It's uh, it's awesome. Well, you know, I never really wanted to go overseas, uh, Rudy, but I had told these guys here, you know, I I think I would love to go over and hang out over there for about a month and y'all show us what racing is all about in your country. Yeah. Okay, no problem. You're always welcome. Glad to to invite you to the to our place and uh if we can uh, accommodate something for you, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll try our best to do something for you. All right, Rudy. Did I think you, did you throw out where they can follow you on social media? You have a social media site for people to follow. You. Yeah, uh, on on Facebook, you, you can follow us on Facebook at uh, Brax Racing. That's B R A X X Racing, um, and there you can uh, see everything of our team and stuff like that. And uh, also, you can they can follow the races live and in reruns on uh, by the NASCAR uh, website. 
and then they go when they're on the NASCAR website, where are the Xfinity series and truck series and, and cup, you can go to um, home tracks and home tracks, uh, you know, is where the, the KNN series and stuff is and, and uh, the late models and, uh, and the modifieds and, and, and things. And uh, there you can find us a uh, NASCAR wheel and Euro series. And we got live stream for every, uh, for every event we do. Yeah, that's that live stream's great. That brings everything back to us. Uh, Rudy, yeah. thanks a lot again, and I'm going to throw it back over to Mark and Jeff and let them talk about what Dr. Jason had going on in this seminar. Okay, great. And uh, to all the listeners, uh, Merry Christmas and uh, have a safe end of the year. Hey, Jeff. Jeff, you there? I'm here now, Mark. Oh, okay. Hey, we just got done with uh, interviewing Rudy from the Netherlands. And uh, just before that, Jeff and I were up in a seminar for MSG, the Motor Safety Group, and Dr. Jason Carmier. And uh, it was a very interesting uh, seminar, wasn't it, Jeff? Oh, extremely, extremely informational seminar about brain injuries, and there was a couple other doctors there about head safety, uh, hydration, and other things. And it was it was very more than I realized what happens and what they're doing to try to prevent things from happening. Yeah, it was very eye opening, wasn't it? And uh, the, the let's go a little bit of the brain injury thing. Uh, that little device that Dr. Jason had to raise the the blood in the brain to give it more fluid volume for more safety reasons looks like a little kid's toy almost, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, let's not say so much safety reasons. What it was, it was a thing that you wrap, it was a collar you wrapped around your neck, and it put some pressure on you, and it raised the fluid or fluids that would go in your brain because you know i didn't realize most people think that you can get a concussion from hitting your head but there's a lot of times you can get a concussion from not even hitting your head and just the moving of your brain in your head with the the sloshing there's fluids around your brain and the the sloshing of your brain so this collar it produces more fluid in your head to, to give you more fluid around your brain. So if you did have an accident that there, you would have more motion before you would stop the sloshing and reverse it and going back. Cause it seems like what they said, you're sloshing back and forth. So the more liquid you mm-hmm, have on each mm-hmm. side of your brain, that would give less you sloshing there would be more sloshing and less impact and as it kept on going back it would more mm-hmm. be more resistant. So that was really interesting. And the device the that device they come is, up with is, is, is very simple. Really, it was pretty neat. Well it, it almost looks like a headband that you would put on to hold your hair back, kind of. And uh but it uh it's very simple and and, and uh, but but what it does is is remarkable, and 
he was telling us some of the major drivers and some major series are using it and more and more are using it and it'll be available to short track drivers probably shortly. Yes, I think it's just more in a uh, a testing phase or or informational mm-hmm. phase, but they're trying to learn it and and I even tried to call her on and I was kind of it was kind of neat and I my my question was for the doctor was how does it work for everybody is there is it can you adjust it to make certain pressure or anything? But he was saying that every person has to be measured differently for mm-hmm. the collar. It's almost like a collar, and you're, you're measured whatever measurements they take, and that's how they make the band specifically for you to help get that fluid back up there to your brain. It's It's lightweight. It's very simple to put on. It takes – couple of seconds uh i, I, I that just i think amazes me more than anything else jeff was the simplicity of the device itself exactly it was basically like putting a necklace on or something and, like that, and, it, and it's got to be inexpensive compared to some of the uh, other uh, aspects of safety i would think yes i don't know what all of uh, although we didn't we didn't talk does, cost but... of course and I'm sure they don't even know what the cost. Well, they they might know what the cost is, but it might vary from person to person. That's true. That's true. Uh, but no, the, the the seminar and then and the uh, the other doctors there. Uh, one was talking about the uh, the safety of, of of trying to help the impact end of it uh, with uh, a larger roll cage area, a larger. Uh, uh, different types of foam, different types of uh, energy absorbing materials, uh, all kind of on the uh, uh, on the experimental end of it now. But uh, lots of good hope, lots of neat things coming out of that. Yeah, like he was talking, like a, a roll cage inside of a roll cage. So, mm-hmm. and in between the roll cages, you would have some kind of energizing foam. Even in the in the panels, comb, uh, honeycomb, just more protection for the driver. Even like today's headrest, uh, I was even looking at a, a, a race car builder seat yesterday, and I I kind of understood what the doctor was talking about because if you really look at that foam on the driver's head, that thing is pretty hard. So there's mm-hmm. really no give mm-hmm. in that foam. So now they're coming up, you know, different technologies where there's different kind of foams like. Uh, you know, it's you want multiple layers of foam. What they have now, yeah, Correct. that's okay. But now you just need to add on to that. So he was, the doctor was saying, it's more like a sandwich effect. They have another mm-hmm. certain type of foam you use on top of that, and it would be another certain time of cer- certain type of foam that would go up against the head of the driver. So the absorption, because if you, like I said, if you look now, that foam was pretty hard, and if you hit, it's almost like hitting your head on a wall. But if you and the new yes. technologies are, you know, he kind of recommended it's nothing set in stone or going to be, you know, where you're, you know, it's like a something like a memory foam where you you have a more give before your head hits that that back layer. And I think so there's a lot uh, of go back to that, that sandwich effect too, Jeff. The, uh, not just use of one foam, maybe multiple types of different foam, and sandwiching them yeah. together and. Uh, uh, that that again was uh, very interesting, and, and that they're working on something like that. 
Yeah, like you doctor. said, like the phone that they have now is good in place now, but now you just need to mm-hmm, add those other mm-hmm. layers like the sandwich effect, like you're saying. So there would be basically like three types of foam. It seems like each layer you got would be more energy absorbing, basically. And they were also talking about uh, uh, some of the problems, you know, he addressed was the weight problem and, and that uh it's, a, it's an item that doesn't make you go faster, so it's sometimes hard to sell to the racers. Oh, exactly. Like he was talking about how he was kind of designing something for an NH, NHR driver, something between his legs, and they were kind of poo-pooing it blowing their eyes because in. <laughs> it, it didn't make you go faster. Or so, you know, so. No, well, that's the age-old racers. You know, uh, the first thought is to go faster. Second thought's always been safety. But I think over the years, that's kind of changing a little bit. And uh, we're, we're seeing more and more safety taking the priority over the speed. Yes. And you can you can okay. see that by just drivers even getting out of the seats a lot easier or stepping out of the seat, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing they have problems. Right? Before, it's like, oh, you're not a man if you if you don't want to stay in, or they would kind of cover it up. But now these drivers are stepping out. Look at Dale Earnhardt Jr. He, how many concussions he had. You know, his health is more important than uh, racing a car, obviously. Oh, I, 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 I would think, think so. Same with him. Well, as we age, our priorities changed, and and I'm sure that was a big part of it with him also. But. Uh, Safety and, and racing—it's uh, come a long way, but it still has a long way to go. And and this seminar just proved it this morning about uh, what they're working on and the advantages and disadvantages of, of certain products. And uh, uh, we're looking forward to a safer, fast, and racing future. And safety will never stop. It'll never stop because once they get some, you know, once they figure something else out, then they'll be going even to try something even more. So safety will never stop. Well, guys, I appreciate y'all attending that because, you know, I was here trying to get everything set up for uh, the show and Rudy and I, and uh, I want to thank Rudy for coming on. Uh, You know, that's a a topic we don't get to talk about much overseas racing and, uh, it makes us all smile when we get together and talk about it because one thing we got in common, and that's the love for speed. That's well, true. That's why we're here, Rowdy. That's why we're here. That's right. Yeah, I know it's so enlightening. Real quick. Jeff, what did you come away from? What are you coming away from the uh, PRI show this weekend? You know, honestly, Rowdy, I think it was that seminar that we just attended. Um, with the MSG uh, safety group, uh, things that you just didn't realize about the safety. And, you know, there's thing that really stuck in my mind was when the, the doctors were talking, they were talking about how, you know, theory, not theory, but most people think you get a concussion from hitting your head on something. But technically, you can get a concussion without hitting your head. And just all the aspects of the whole safety uh, thing, just the three doctors that spoke and about the different things they spoke about, it was so it was so enlightening in knowledge. It, it just you didn't realize. And I think that right, right now, I think that would be the biggest thing that came out. Plus, talking to Rudy. I mean, Rudy 
uh, and the racing series over there. It just like you said, we never really thought about going over there, but after talking to Rudy, I want to go over and check it out. So between Rudy and the MSG ceremony and the arc of, uh, you know, arc of people, um, that's been the highlight of the, the shows for me. Well, Rudy and Rowdy, I mean, Rowdy, you got Rudy on my mind. We've been talking with him so much today. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with Jeff a little bit. The, the, the seminar this morning was very, very informative and eye-opening. Learned a lot of things that we weren't so uh, sure about and, and knowledgeable about, and it helped a lot. And uh, the show itself, uh, it's big. It takes two days to see the whole show. Uh, we're seeing a lot of people and a lot of friends. So it's just been a good time, and uh, we're looking forward to going back and spending the rest of the day in the show and heading to the banquet this evening. Well, all right, guys. Listen, we got the banquet. We're going to uh, actually, when we get dressed up and meet back together, we'll look like three different guys that we hadn't seen, <laughs> what, 364 days ago. Might not recognize it's each other. 360. No, right. Hey, I'll be won't. the guy holding the sign. He'll have my name <laughs> on it. So. Well, listen, fellas. Uh, hey, I think it turned out absolutely wonderful and uh, looking forward to Monday night. And, uh, there's no telling who we're going to have on Monday night. It's going to be a surprise That's part night. Of the rowdy mag light. That's part of the Rowdy Mag Light show. You never know who's going to hold. It's going to call in. That's right. So, guys, we appreciate it. We're going to play this one song, and we're out of here and get back out here and, and mingle with the folks. Sounds good, Rowdy. All right, Rowdy. Let that sh- light shine bright. It's it's shining, baby. Talk to you later. It's shining bright. It's shining bright. All right. See you later. I found a love for me. Darling, just dive right in. Follow my lead. When we fell